Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Everybody Fit Podcast with me, Amy, and and me, Kim. <laughs> Awkward. Um, <laughs> and this this week we've got the lovely Martin on to chat with us. Hi, Martin. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, taking the time to chat with us. So Martin is um well a superhuman really. You are a fat runner and um, a fat triathlete and you are founder of the fat athletes page on Instagram and obviously the fat athletes group. Yes. Um obviously you openly talk about how you have changed your relationship with food and exercise and with your own body and you haven't always had this positive relationship with yourself um so do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are and and what's happened yeah I guess so um oh gosh you have to stop me if I go off on a tangent um so um I think uh I grew up hating all exercise really um and just not being interested in anything athletic at all I always uh uh, really kind of avoided anything that related to sports um and then um and then kind of alongside that food was always sort of difficult and had um yeah like you say a difficult relationship with food um from quite a young age and then uh when I was I don't know I never remember how old in my 20s maybe 23 or something um maybe a bit later uh they were just doing a kind of a thing around work of you know people running the London Marathon and I just thought well, I'll give it a try um and so uh with not really knowing the all the effort that goes into it so then obviously a bit of a crash course into kind of finding out um you know how how to do that how to undertake a marathon um and then somewhere along the line just started to really enjoy that uh so then I did another marathon I always forget the order I think I did another marathon and then uh, the same what it was the London again and then I did um a triathlon in in Windsor uh, and then I just um uh, I've done lots of a couple of you know a couple of different things um covered maybe some half marathons or uh swimming uh, challenges and things and then um uh, I did the Paris marathon last year so it's one of those things you sort of get a bit of a a taste for it and well I don't know I think you either like it or you don't. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I did, I enjoy the training more than the actual events, I think. Uh, so that's kind of um, how I got interested, I suppose, in in that kind of, um, uh, I don't want to say competitive, because <laughs> I, I don't feel competitive about it, but it is, you know, the competitions, they're events, I suppose, event kind of um, sports, I guess. That sounds me. How did you go from like, not liking exercise to then all of a sudden deciding oh I'll, I'll just do the London Marathon. Um, well I'd always um, been set up to a gym or something like I'd kind of dabble a little bit or I'd try and go for a jog and then I found that I could run sort of 10 minutes and then stop for 10 minutes and uh, and I'd kind of keep approaching it and then losing my way with it. So I mean I really I got into into exercise in a very kind of diet culture way. <laughs> um, I wasn't trying to get to where I am now I was trying to do maybe do the opposite I was trying to um you know uh punish my body into changing I guess so um I think I started I wanted to do something drastic so that's why the the kind of marathon sort of came up um and I just thought it would uh it would be such a big challenge that it would um uh, that yeah that it would kind of change my attitude which it did quite successfully because I remember uh you know when I would run before that I just yeah say stop start and I remember really clearly <laughs> you get this kind of training plan and uh the first thing is sort of run 20 minutes and I remember finding that really hard and the next day it's like run 40 minutes and I thought well if I can't run 40 minutes then I, I cannot do this marathon so then it just kind of became this thing of just not stopping um which actually I still think is not a I mean, obviously, depending. <laughs> uh, I still think it's quite it's something that keeps me going. Uh, you know, as long as you're, you don't have to be quick. You don't have to be comfortable. You, well, obviously, don't be uncomfortable. But you don't have to be. You know, um, it doesn't have to always feel easy. Um, just slow down, but don't stop. That's the kind of thing I always I think to myself. You know, as long as I'm, um, uh, you know, if I have a goal to get to, that's always quite a good way to get me there. I think. So, did you come into it? from 
with the London Marathon, did you decide, had you already sort of come away from diet culture? Or had you decided London Marathon is going to want, going to be the thing to help me lose weight? I, yeah, so I definitely wanted to, I suppose I wanted to lose weight the first marathon I signed up to. Uh, again, I, I, lose, I lose track of things in my mind um, with it. But I think... Um, by the time I, after the first marathon, I, my body didn't change at all. Um, and so then I, it, then it became about something else. And so then when I went to do the triathlon um, or, you know, do the marathon again, it was about, um, that was about improving my time, improving things, you know, taking what I'd learned in the first one and seeing if I could do things differently. Um, and then the triathlon was uh, just because I love swimming and I wanted to, uh, you know, try that in, in a different, you know, uh, hate cycling. I don't think triathlons are for me <laughs> uh, anymore, but um, it was kind of, you know, the first one was definitely about kind of getting into diet culture. And then actually, uh, I think I took a bit of a break. Um, I kind of signed up to the Paris Marathon um, after after getting into kind of uh, fat liberation and intuitive eating, intuitive movement and things and learning a bit about those things. Then I signed up to the Paris Marathon for charity and um then I had an injury so I had to drop out and then it was cancelled so I had to drop out so it was like um a couple of years before I got the chance to do the marathon um again but kind of as I am now so kind of more accepting of myself and it was really challenging doing it kind of in that different way where I, you know like I said obviously before my thing was just you know go through the pain uh you've got to keep going got to keep, and actually I don't, I don't I don't feel that way about exercise anymore so now it's um it was a lot harder thinking well I've got to do it because I have to but I also don't really want to I don't know it was, a, it was a kind of another like a mental kind of hurdle to get over I suppose or to manage not get over it but manage I think. I was training for a marathon when you're doing intuit when you're coming at it intuitively mm. very very difficult when you're training for anything competitive or any event um, it must be difficult to, as you say come at it intuitively it is and I wouldn't recommend it from necessarily myself again I think I would I think knowing how I can run and how I feel comfortable running um and it's difficult because I, I do think it's you know people do like to push themselves past it, out of their comfort zone but not necessarily to be uncomfortable I think that's that you know if you can recognize the difference and but then also when you've got a deadline looming, sometimes you you don't have that. That feels more like a luxury. Uh, so I approach it a little bit like um, well, I just in my back of my mind, I remember intuitive eating, which I'm a bit more au fait with, I'm a bit better with intuitive eating. And um, I remember thinking with intuitive eating, you can sometimes do things that you know, um, you know, you maybe eat beyond fullness because it's social or because uh, of you know for kind of practical reasons, um, and not feel bad about it for yourself, you know, not punish yourself over it. Um, so I think when I was, you know, running and I thought I, I don't really want to, you know, there were a couple of runs I did cut short because I, I had to, because I, you know, I wasn't feeling myself or something. Um, uh, and then there were a couple of weeks where I just had to push through, but I was really gentle with myself afterwards and kind of uh, a bit more, um, uh, yeah, just a bit, like I say, a bit more compassionate with myself. So, um, you know, I'd really do no <laughs> exercise the next day or, or, you know, walk was quite good you know to keep the joints moving and things like that but um just very slowly uh so yeah it was kind of um better in a, in a way but I think I also decided I probably won't be doing a marathon ever again because I just think for me I'm better at distance running than I am I'm not I'm not quick <laughs> so I can go for quite a distance comfortably um but I think I'm 26 point two miles is ridiculous <laughs> I think that's no that's not comfortable for many people uh so yeah a, like a, a less would be you know I think I'd my cutoff I'd say would be 14 really mm. um, so half half marathon but not a marathon again yes yeah but like I mean 14 miles is still a huge it annoys me a little bit that it's um that then worded that way because I think it should be like a marathon and a double marathon would be yeah. I think you should say you do a half marathon it sounds like it's only half but that's a huge amount of running like uh, you know people should feel a chuff with themselves if they you know if they do achieve something like that if they if they set out to how did you find um fueling yourself of starting because obviously you've gone through a complete change so first you were trying to fuel yourself with the mindset of diet culture and then you kind of 
learning a little bit more about running so maybe it gets a little bit easier to fuel yourself and then coming at it from an intuitive eating perspective have you seen a difference in the way that you actually eat prepare for like because of mm. I, I've, I've done half marathons and I, I know what the hunger can feel like in even training runs so to do a full marathon it must be insane I think when I first did uh, the marathon, I um, I don't think I took it very seriously. Uh, and I think I got into some quite bad habits, <laughs> which I wouldn't recommend. Um, so because I didn't take it very seriously, I had mini eggs because uh, I thought they were delicious and quite motivating. Uh, and that, that's fair enough. And I think by that point, by that point in, um, in my marathon training, I'd, uh, well, with all dieting, I was always quite yo-yo-y. So I would be really dead, like, you know, dedicated on a diet. And then I'd just, you know, leave it for you know then I'd binge for a bit and then um uh so I think with the first marathon I got to a point where I was trying really hard to restrict still and then your metabolism obviously just kind of goes in overdrive and you're hungry all the time uh, and I remember speaking to someone at work who was also tra training who was very uh thin uh and it, so it felt like um she was talking about how she was eating quite a lot and her mother-in-law had said oh, it's like having a teenager in the house and um and it kind of gave me permission I didn't unwilling unknowingly to her it felt like it gave me permission to just eat whatever I wanted for the marathon so I kind of that first one like I say just didn't think about it at all um and then um as I've gone like you said I've learned things I've tried different things um that feel a bit more uh you know feel a bit better than that first time <laughs> of doing not very much um so yeah definitely learning and and kind of improving slightly I would say with the Paris marathon um I really misunderstood my timings because every time I'd done a race before I'd been really early uh, whereas in Paris I think I'd only it was like 11 when I started and um, I'm not used to eating too much before I run so actually I was stupidly hungry for the Paris marathon that was really unintuitive uh, and I was uh, very cross with myself so yeah um but the nice thing about the Paris marathon is they do offer cake as you go around so actually I did stop for cake each time and I had uh, a full packet of sweets rather than I think the first time I did the half marathon I had half of like a small little tube of, of mini eggs and then this time I had a full packet of sweets and I you know a couple of times I, I helped myself to them and uh, so you know I was ridiculously hungry but at least I'd kind of given myself permission to um to feel myself a little bit better do you know what I mean so that was kind of uh it's one of those things I think like you say with, with intuitive eating and intuitive movement you, you are always learning and when you're doing something even though I'd done that kind of exercise to that you know that extreme before I didn't you know I, I didn't know that you know, I still you know I still learn all sorts of these new things all sorts of uh things I would do differently uh but I think it's kind of nice because I'm less uh cross with myself about it <laughs> so now it's kind of you know it's okay to have made those mistakes and I look and I think well that's that was a one-off and that's not something I would do very you know again if I could avoid it and, and certainly if I did it again I would do it really differently I'd maybe get an Airbnb where I'd have a kitchen so I could prepare myself a nicer breakfast sounds really stupid but I think you know while I was staying in a hotel I didn't have <laughs> I you know that I might, what I could get was like what I could get on the way to the race which was a croissant um, which was delicious, but not enough, <laughs> ultimately. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could run a, a marathon on a croissant. Oh, bit, bit of an error with that one there. I will say it's every two miles they stop and it's like um I mean I think some people like banana like there were bits of banana and some other things but the cake for me I don't like bananas the cake it was just like a, a you know a little bit of a kind of madeleine if you are watching it's about this big uh and uh, I could just eat it nice and slowly as I was going around I think some people would take a bite and throw it and I was I was holding on to it um and actually I made a bit of a fool of myself as I left the marathon I went to a shop and they wouldn't accept my euros <laughs> and I was devastated so I just I remember leaving I was quite stroppy and I, I do apologize I mean, the only place I could go that I knew would accept my um my euros was uh McDonald's uh, so that's what I had it was pretty delicious <laughs> why not why not eh <laughs> so where in all of this journey did you decide to start with fat athletes and tell us a little bit about fat athletes as well um so uh, 
when I started to learn about intuitive eating and uh, kind of fighting against diet culture, I found, I don't say they're not, for me, they feel quite parallel, but uh, I suppose they're not, they are separate movements, but I learned a little bit about fat liberation and kind of politics around, um, about how fat people are treated. Uh, and obviously I'm a fat person, so I understood better, um, you know, some of the things that I was coming up against. Um, and, I, it really struck me that, you know, healthy behaviours are a good indicator for health. Um, and I remember thinking about how there are some healthy behaviours that are kind of gatekept from people in bigger bodies. And I was always, well, not always, as I say, I hated sport young, when I was younger. It, it was a hard road into sport for me. Um, but once I'd made that kind of move, it, then then I, that was a privilege. Do you know I mean, I had a privilege over some of the other fat people that I knew. Um, and I wanted to, I wondered how I could use that privilege to, um, to open up that healthy behavior for fat, fat people that I knew. Uh, so that's kind of how Fat Athletes was born. Um, so originally it was just kind of uh, trying to look for like-minded fat people who wanted to move their bodies, but maybe felt um, embarrassed because actually obviously if you're running as a fat person, people will stop you and they will, uh, they'll, they'll interrupt you by saying, oh, good job, which is hard because I know people mean well, but it is obviously, mm. there is, I don't think people know, but there is obviously there's an element of offence there. Um, it's kind of like, I don't, you know, need, you want to be treated the same as anyone else and you wouldn't stop someone who looked mm. athletic in a typical sense um, and you know, say, you know, good job, keep going or, or, you know, don't stop or just, and things that I'm, I'm trying to think some of the other things that people, or just, you know, some people have beeped at me quite a lot or, or occasional like laughs and stuff like I run a lot. So, you know, it's, it's it shouldn't be bound to happen, but it, it has happened that it you know, is bound to happen at some point. Uh, so I felt that if there's, you know, there's safety in numbers, I can't stop, um, some of that stuff from happening to people but you know if I felt if I could start a group uh, where people could kind of um, come along if they wanted to uh, and and do a bit of exercise and a bit of movement then that would be kind of uh, a nice thing to do um, so yeah that's kind of how it all started um, just that kind of desire it was, you know looking at kind of like I said of the privileges I felt that I had and how I could kind of um, help others who you know didn't have that same privilege I think when you were doing the marathons did you get very many people sort of commenting um or did you see many other people that looked like you um I think with the marathons they are so busy mm. that they tend to there are people who you know there are people of all different shapes and size obviously there is there is an average there is a, a theme they tend to be smaller bodies um I would say uh, maybe I've done a half marathon where I felt I was certainly the biggest person there um but I was also in a place where that didn't bother me which was good um but I think with the marathons they're such big events that there, are, there are you know there are people who are in you know there is a bit of uh, body diversity not enough like obviously not enough but um uh, but you know enough that I didn't feel so, such a sore thumb um I suppose maybe it's where I was you know in, in the race I'm not just a fat athlete I'm also quite a slow <laughs> fat athlete so that's probably where um you know people who are slower maybe we're of a more similar body type I don't know um not obviously not across the board but um but potentially uh so yeah actually and then the marathon I it's a weird one because I know a lot of people talk about how the crowds kind of carry you along and, and kind of, uh, and actually I really don't like that. Like I say, I much prefer the training to the um, theatrical event. Uh, so I put my headphones in. Uh, I have no doubt that all people, you know, there's definitely a lot of, you know, keep going and, but they are saying that to everyone. So that doesn't feel quite so offensive. It's more really the training, which I obviously prefer because there's lots less people, but then you will get people stopping and, um, and saying something. Um, I would say, typically over the last five years I've always had t-shirts that I think are quite um uh quite, quite loud so usually quite pink uh because I do stand up comedy 
And so I've always had shows for my shirts when I've flyered, and then they become my running shirts. So my shirts might say um, Big Fat Gay or Monster Gay or something. Um, so then it's a loud shirt with a funny slogan. And also as I'm running, I tend to sing a little bit. Um, not well, just I just read that Beyonce used to do that. And I just feel like if she enjoyed it, then I would enjoy it. Uh, so I think now if somebody says something, I think it's hard to identify if it's just because I'm fat or if it's because I'm dressed a certain way, if I'm behaving a certain way. Does that make sense? It's not yeah. just being fat. Um, and also, I mean, I can't say like, you know, in those instances, it's mostly water off a duck's back um, at this point. But I think if you're getting into exercise, um, I can I can recognize that I'm like, that's a privilege that it doesn't bother me. And it's not something that you know, anyone should have to have to worry about, um, but it's uh, it's certainly, people are in a much harder position with it than I, I am now if that makes sense yeah yeah what do you sing when when you run in um I'm trying to think so the other day I was quite impressed with myself somebody said something and I had my headphones in so I didn't really hear but I made a point of kind of because I did think to myself afterwards maybe I was a bit maybe they were trying to say something nice but I just kind of gave them a look of like why are you talking to me uh, and I was quite impressed because I felt like I really communicated that look really well um, and that's not always something I can do so I was really impressed with myself and then I like I said I felt a bit bad because or maybe they were just saying but I thought well no they, they should know they shouldn't really say anything because like I said to me water off the dock's back but they don't know that they don't know that might that might stop me from running for the rest of the year or my life who knows so it's you know people really shouldn't say anything um I've, and I've seen people, uh, you know, around the park and maybe we, they've been running and I thought to myself, you know, even someone with some you know, cool bright leggings or something or and I just think, but just don't say anything. It's not, you know, it's not going to make them feel good unless, you know, unless you're stopped, like unless you're both, if, if someone has to take headphones out to hear your comment, it's unlikely <laughs> they're going to, you know, you're going to interrupt what they're doing. It's, it's very, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to find something, I think, that's going to be worth interrupting someone's um, workout for unless it is you know those are cool trainers where are they from because I'd like a pair of my, yeah, I mean that's that but that feels a bit different that's like that's asking for advice and I think people will be flattered by that um so yeah it's it's hard to kind of know the best way to approach it usually uh you know sometimes for your own kind of ease it's just you laugh along with someone it's easier uh sometimes just ignoring it it's just it just um as it really depends. I think my least favourite thing is it's people from vans. I mean, it's men, well, I don't know why we're pretending. Uh, and I can imagine, like, obviously, like, I'm a man, it's not um, the same. What I would be experiencing is not going to be the same as what you guys might experience. Um, but yeah, it's men from vans beeping. And you just think, but like, it's so quick, it's so cowardly. It's not, you know, I just think <laughs> the dream is to run after them and knock their windscreen off or their, their, their side mirror. Um, but obviously, that's you know, they're always driving past quite fast. You're not; it's just you, you can't. So I just think, well, you know, for them, what do you get out of it? Because I think you could see me running and think I look funny, and you could have a good laugh to yourself. I don't need to know about it. That's you know that doesn't really bother me. So you're making a point of letting me know. And I think, well, so what's the that doesn't add to the joke? It doesn't make it funnier that's just about making me feel bad. And it just, and if that's, if that's making you, you feel better, then I'm rationalizing, I'm thinking about it. And then, you know, we've, we've all done this when you're running, <laughs> I get really stuck on thoughts and suddenly your whole run is, is kind of hijacked by something you didn't really ask for. So it is, um, like I say, there's just, to me, there is no, almost no reason to interrupt somebody's workout to say something to them even if you think it's a good idea or you're saying something positive uh, and I mean you guys could maybe feel differently have you ever been stopped and thought I'm glad that person said that to me or I don't know I, I can't think of an uh I don't know I think that when you're in the zone with running like you're 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 doing it quite a lot of people do it for a bit of escapism they it's their time that they just want to be there with themselves listening to a podcast or listening you know and for someone to actually physically have to stop take the headphones out it mm -hmm. it would I don't know but then if it's something really nice yeah. it would have to be exceptionally nice wouldn't it though I can't ever I can't yeah. ever think I can think of an occasion where people have commented on the way that I'm moving my body as a like even being in the gym being like oh if you do that 
this way it's a little bit better and I'm like but I didn't I didn't ask for your advice and I know that they're doing it in a nice way but you like I'm a I'm very much like this is my body you don't know what's best for my body you don't know if I'm adjusting my body because it feels more comfortable for me um so unless I've asked somebody for advice I don't really want it um but on the whole running thing like I am totally with you I am I'm not a good runner but I enjoy it um and there was a time where I was training to do a half marathon and my husband was doing it as well and we'd gone to stay at my parents for the weekend for some family thing but I was on a training schedule and I was still going to get up and I was still going to do that run mostly because I enjoyed it but he didn't know the town so he didn't know at what point I think we'd set out to do like a 10 mile run or something so he didn't know a route for it so I was like okay you can come with me and follow me I don't even like someone running with me I I can't join like I hate it and because he's like six foot four and has legs up to his armpits he does kind of two paces for every three paces that I do so when we got to that halfway point I was just like right you know where halfway is now will you just go and you just run that route back and leave me because I can't deal with you being with me even though we're not speaking to each other like I just I don't need anyone around me so the thought of having to speak to someone (laughs) acknowledge someone it's frustrating but yeah the whole beacon thing I, I think it's just whether someone's got something nice to say or whether someone's got a criticism they just they don't need to say it. it's like commenting on someone's body you just don't need to do it and it was was it Lizzo that was talking about how people congratulate her after her shows and say that they couldn't do what she does and move her body and she's like but they're not going up there and saying the same same things to like Beyonce or like mm. it's because she's in a bigger body but what has that got to do with anything people don't seem to understand that you can be fat and fit they, they just don't think the two can be interlinked um so how did you find reception from other people going from you've never really been into exercise all of a sudden you're going to start running a marathon what did kind of family friends you know even to the point of the lgbt ai Q plus, I totally said that wrong in the wrong order. I overthought that. Look, I'm trying to be politically correct, but yeah. Um, what what did you find the reception was? Um, I think people who knew me really well were initially really. So it's very weird. It's become a part of um of who I am. I think at this point, so it's hard to kind of look back at that time because I was so anti-sport. But I was so anti-sport because I was fat and because I was gay. And so growing up, sport was, I was excluded from it. And then it became something, you know, it's one of these things where I was excluded from it. So it became something that I I chose that it was not for me. I And I chose it and it, you know, um, and that is, uh, I kind of look back and I think it's a bit sad because I think sometimes, you know, I, I genuinely couldn't throw a ball and and know where it was going to land like I couldn't and I think where lots of people you know you grow up you do a bit of sport with P you learn some of those things and I I couldn't I can't do that and uh, not that I, I mean it really doesn't affect my life that much as far as I'm aware <laughs> um but I think you know it's a shame to think you know what would be different now um but it's difficult you know again when you're in PE it's all about competitiveness and and you're always playing a game and it's always against someone and actually the things I like are not against anyone they're not you know I don't really like um, as I said earlier about competitive sports, I don't see marathons or, or kind of swimming or triathlons or anything as competitive. It's just it's just you uh, doing something you're enjoying, uh, which I prefer. Um, so when I kind of did get into exercise, people were a bit, uh, most of like who knew me well enough were I think initially quite surprised. Um, and it's good, and I think you know it made people who who knew me they were very proud of of the kind of um, I suppose the different um kind of uh things that that can you know it makes you quite disciplined uh sometimes if you've got something to stick to but it's difficult though because some of that stuff is also kind of steeped in um in diet culture and then so then I was kind of 
I definitely was started off performing the role of, of kind of the good fat person. And, uh, you know, I think it's really important whenever we're talking about fat people and exercise, it's really important to, to, to tell people, to remind people that you don't have to exercise to be worthy of respect and you don't have to, um, you know, especially if you think about how hard it is for people in a bigger body to, um, to approach those exercises. And that's, you know, regardless of their, their fitness level or anything like that, you know, that those external influences do make it harder straight away. Um, and if that's, you know, if that's not comfortable for you, that's your, you know, that's up to you. That's not, you know, like I said, I've kind of pointed out already, my privileges have protected me to an extent for against those things. So, um, uh, sorry, I did feel like I went off, but it's important, an important tangent. Um, but yeah, so I definitely, um, when I first got into exercising, like I, I said, people kind of did treat me differently because I was behaving, you know, as a good fatty who was trying to control their body. Um, and I think, although my attitudes changed a lot um, to, towards that, you know, I don't feel, I don't want to control my body that way. I don't want to perform the role of a good fatty. I feel almost sometimes a bit embarrassed by the kind of uh, the sporty things that I like doing because because I don't, you know, I don't want people to convolute that with as me performing for, for that that role of the good fat person. Um, so, you know, that's how my attitudes change. People who know me, love me, family, friends, they, um, you know, it's like I say, it's all kind of become part of who I am, but not a huge part. And I think, you know, I think I've got much more interesting interests, um, but uh, but definitely it's all, you know, it's people, if I go visit somewhere with friends and I say, oh, I have to do a run because I'm training for something or, uh, or because I want to, then they accept that. And that's, you know, that's, that's nice. And it's also, you know, they accept that I'm also going to, um, I might cut it short. I might be slower. I might be, uh, you know, I'm just a bit more flexible with it. And I think people like that. Uh, which is good, <laughs> so if you're on holiday or something with friends or family. Um, when you were kind of mentioning LGBTQIA, I guess, uh, uh, I've struggled with that as well, that's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> I think I was thinking about the question, the how I was going to, and then I just, you know, it's, so instead of saying, um, I just drew, drew it out quite a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I suppose I, I've always seen exercises very different to, to, um, to be, you know, not, obviously it's not different to being gay, lots of gay people do lots of exercise. Um, I think I've just never done anything um, with lots of gay people and, and sport. I mean, I did, uh, you know, when I was younger and still in diet culture, I, tr I tried uh, a couple of LGBT, like, well, gay men groups really. So, because um, I was looking for men, I was looking for a boyfriend. So I went to like a gay five-a-side football um, and uh, I'm trying to think what else I did. I mean, it was honestly, I tried a lot of different things and a lot of them were sporty. So I did like a, a hiking group. Um, but at each point, I think people were friendly, but I was never, uh, you know, in LGBTQ spaces, I'm fat. So it's, it's um, uh, you know, the two don't go very well together, I think, uh, in my experience. Um, it's, uh, I suppose it must be a hard time, you know, whitening out outside of my experience. It must be a really hard time to be an LGBTQ a plus athlete if you look at like what's happening for uh, trans women and sport and things like that I think it's um yeah I feel like we're taking some steps backwards and then it's you know sad to think that in places that should be more inclusive so if you're going to a group that is specifically for LGBTQIA athletes or sports people um you know if the people aren't being accepted then there where they should be because their body's different uh then that's um it's a bit sad I think but um uh that said crazy uh, though, isn't it like it blows my mind that you have these groups that are um they're, they're focused towards being inclusive and, and diverse and then you get somebody that's in a larger body and it's like nope <laughs> it's like well what, what, which one is it like you can't you can't just pick and choose who who's allowed and who's not and yeah it's uh, that that frustrates me <laughs> I'd no, I'd never even considered that mm. um but if that if is that the experience that you've that you've had yeah, quite definitely. and like I say I don't even I wouldn't even claim to say that I, it was the worst for me I mean I'm the G and the LG and that's and that's a very easy one to be mm. um and I'm white which obviously helps like you know all these things like all these privileges I have um so uh it really yeah sport can be really really exclusive even in places where it's supposed to be not mm -hmm. so uh, like you say and I think it's um 
I, I don't know, I, when I, to be honest, I found it with lots of left-leaning people. I, I speak to lots of people I come across every day. I live in London, it's very, you know, I feel like it's quite a, especially people I hang out with, quite left-leaning. And um, they just kind of, fat politics just is a bit outside of, of their, you know, so they would uh, claim to be an ally um, or actively be an ally in, in other areas, but there just seems to be this real blind spot to kind of fatness. And I think, you know, if you can't kind of, I don't know I just think you you I would just implore people to kind of look into that and kind of question why they think you know it's okay to treat someone differently because they're fat but not for you know obviously you wouldn't you wouldn't actively choose to be racist or most people wouldn't um and most people wouldn't choose to be homophobic uh, or biphobic or you know uh, or and you wouldn't choose to be ableist and all the people we you know we all I think how we look at these things has to change and we're probably all being those things some of the time without meaning to and you know it's important to listen to people if they're telling you you, you are or if you've got an opinion that's maybe a bit outdated um but when it comes to fat phobia people just kind of don't think of it as a real thing and uh I mean I hope that changes um but it's I find a lot of these things they're very old ideas and I haven't I know I haven't invented anything myself certainly I haven't I'm uh, not that academic but a lot of this stuff's been around for a long time <laughs> and uh yeah maybe it's just not um people aren't talking about it enough or i don't know or or just talking to each other about it and not generates a lot of emotion doesn't it i think it's triggering for some reason and i think it's it, yeah people get angry a lot of the time if they see a, a happy fat person because it's like not well, allowed that, You're supposed to be thin and happy <laughs> like, i think with anything that's um I think there's a couple of different things to kind of at play there. And I think, um, you know, for for something to be good, then something has to be bad. So if, if we were saying people being thin is good, then being fat has to be bad. And people like to feel their, you know, they like to feel they've earned their thinness. And usually they haven't. Like, it's not something, it's not an achievement. Um, it's just something that they, they are. Um, but they kind of, you know, if you tell them, well, you, you know, you probably your body wouldn't be that different if you stopped doing all the things you do, uh, or if any of your body changed a lot, it's because it's not supposed to be what you're, you know, it's not supposed to be what you've done with it. <laughs> uh, then that, you know, of course, that's emotive to people to kind of hear. Mm. Um, but then it's, you know, obviously it's harder to exist in a fat body. I think, potentially, you know, for, especially for for other people. Uh, well, for as in, not saying it's the hardest for me in a fat body, but you know, people in fat bodies do. I, there are lots of challenges there um then kind of you know facing your own privilege but I also think uh it's a very gendered issue as well I do um recognize that again that's like another kind of privilege I have being a man um I think lots of women part of fat phobia is lots of women are told the worst thing they could be is fat <laughs> so it's you know of course it's emotive it's it, you know it's um for some women it's like a almost like a safety thing you know if if you're you know if your body looks the right way or you know then that's a you'll be taken more seriously or you you know you'll be treated more human um you know there's uh so I can definitely see it's kind of um I don't know it's, it's like I said it's very complex and I can see why people maybe don't want to face up to some of the the kind of fat phobia I think also a lot of it comes down to a people feel it's a choice people think um that you know your body is a result of your own actions and that's uh, uh that's all there is to it and I think that's difficult so I just think well you must then think that everyone who is fat doesn't know how to be thin mm. and, and that's kind of and it's you know that comes with it so that is that's fat phobia in action that's you people assuming if you're fat it's because you're too stupid or uh, ignorant to to know how to slim down and that's obviously yeah. it's untrue if most fat people I know <laughs> know be diets better or yeah. you know, exercise better than a lot of thin people that have never had to think about it so it's, it's like that um the argument of like oh people just need to be educated better and nutrition and they're mm. directing that at people in larger bodies and it's like well as you say like most people in larger bodies at some point or all points in their life have, have dieted and they've tried and tried and tried and actually you could argue as you say they know the points or the calories or the sins and in every single little thing yeah and versus a, a, a thinner person that doesn't need to do all of that um you know and and people in larger bodies you know just down to the additional body mass that they have 
are going to be stronger than people in in thinner bodies because they they can generally you know do they they do a lot more in terms of they're carrying a lot more weight and that's just you know and it, it's it's crazy because then they have that argument that oh they're lazy they're uneducated and it's just in a lot of cases it couldn't be further from the truth but then you get the same with with um thinner people you know it's yeah, I think we have a different, a definite kind of, we're not very good at recognising the good things our bodies can do. Um, and that could be, you know, like you say, you might, if you, you might have a body that doesn't look a certain way, but it's very strong, or you might have a body that, um, you know, I don't, or anything, you know, whatever your body is able to do, it's, you just, it's one of the things you, we just ought to not be comparing it to others. Everyone's body is individual. And, you know, so if you're, uh different you know if you're disabled or um or in a bigger body and and you know running fast is just not going to be for you that's fine but what can your body do that's that's for you that feels good <laughs> and uh you know and, and kind of we can't we find it hard to celebrate that in ourselves and we find it hard to see that in others as well i think mm -hmm. unless it's through kind of an em a kind of envious lens <laughs> um maybe but it's uh yeah it's definitely um uh i don't know yeah it's a problem with how we kind of how we view all bodies and like i say i think um i i do recognize that it's kind of a, that double thing where it's like a you know how we treat fat people how fat people, how fat people move through the world is really you know there are challenges there that just need not be there um and that's something we should all combat but at the same time the other kind of side of that coin there is that kind of thing where i think most um certainly all women and probably a lot of men uh, probably on the increase <laughs> uh, have that kind of worry of being fat and it's I think yes you know if we fat, fight fat phobia that worry will hopefully go away and and people can just exist in the bodies they have without kind of punishing themselves uh, but then also be able to see the you know the the value in all bodies uh, basically <laughs> wishful thinking so you you surround a lot of obviously your comedy so you're a comedian and Shall, shall we just run through the list of jobs that you've got? Comedian, <laughs> producer, fat athlete, superstar, uh, singer <laughs> when you're a runner. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but you incorporate a lot of your fatness into your comedy. Um, and you, you started that, that comedy journey before you were actually out of diet culture and before you had accepted the way that your body is so do you find that when you now write your shows it's from a slightly different perspective or yeah. do you think you you wrote them initially to just be like well I'm gonna get laughed at anyway or I am um, I don't know it's a hard one to answer I always remember Sarah Silverman is a comedian I, I, I'm obsessed with um and she years ago there was a quote going around about how she didn't like doing jokes about fat women because we treat fat women that they don't deserve to be loved and that she wouldn't want to add to that conversation and so when I approach doing comedy a lot of it is self-deprecating and kind of looking you know so but I also it was kind of that 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 seed was kind of somewhere in my mind so I never wanted to make being fat the the butt of the joke in you know there are a lot of simpler laughs I could have got it, I also didn't know as much as I know now. So I, you know, there are times I probably did make fatness more of a joke than I meant to. Um, or maybe, you know, something that I feel happens quite a lot, especially when you're new and you're writing material, you get a laugh of something and you carry on doing it because that laugh feels good. And you're not necessarily thinking about what the material, what they're laughing, what people are laughing at. So what you find funny in something, other people, um, are you know they're fine they're getting something else out of it because of how you look or something you haven't necessarily thought about um since getting more into intuitive eating and the fat liberation movement and things and then kind of learning more about it i had to find it really hard to approach comedy and and make some of these things funny um so that's definitely been like i've definitely done stand-up sets where it's like a lecture more than a <laughs> more than comedy um and i think uh 
I think it's important, you know, for me is like to to kind of learn to incorporate it in because I think it's it's you know it's such a big part of how I how I see the world. So it's something I'm still working at. But I definitely now I have so much more information. I do make a, a I'm making a conservative effort to to try and find um, those kind of right laughs, the laughs that I want to be having, rather than um, uh, you know rather than just getting a laugh and, and hoping it's it's not too offensive that kind of thing. But I mean that's not just necessarily with uh, with being fat, there's other things that I, you know, I'd say ten years ago that I would never dream of saying now. Uh, but I think that's that's you know, comedy's not supposed to be evergreen. It's supposed to change as you change, and I think that's a, a good thing. Um, I'm just very fortunate that you know none of that's been filmed. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. So, like now, where you are at, if you were approached by someone who was you 10 years ago and is still stuck in that diet culture scared of moving and exercising because of the fear of judgment or just because they're scared it's not going to feel good what kind of advice would you give them it's difficult because I know 10 years ago me wouldn't ever have believed me now do you know what I mean? I think there's no way. I, I I was so into diet culture and so steeped in kind of this end goal that I promised myself that I would never have believed. I would have I would have assumed I was lying now <laughs> uh, about how I feel. Um, so I think it's you know, it's one of those things you have to kind of maybe come to that some of that on your own. Um, I always think the best advice that I was given, um, some of the best advice I was given uh, is um, is to seek out people who have similar bodies to you. Like I say, you don't want to compare um, necessarily. And it's not about, it's not about following people and thinking, God, at least I'm not their size. That's, you know, that is wrong. Uh, but, you know, the more you're exposing yourself to different types of bodies, the more the different bodies are acceptable to you. And I think that's really, really important. Uh, in terms of getting into exercise, I think that again it's but it's not what I did so I don't want to you know I don't want to say something that I I can't guarantee it's gonna help people but I think you know if I were to do it all again what I would love to do is just really approach things from a much more joyful way and kind of um find things that I like and I think um that again when I was in diet culture I didn't I, I really struggled to find things that I liked that much until I discovered kind of longer running um I think uh, I like I like swimming, so I'll take this as an example. I've always liked swimming. I like being in the water, but going to the pool, over, you know, it was a bit of a that was that became a slog. It was like, oh, I can't really be bothered, or uh, you know, getting up early wasn't to do that wasn't very fun. What I've discovered is I love outdoor swimming. Outdoor swimming, there's no lanes. It's it feels like it, you're in you know you're in nature. It's fun, um, and it can be relaxing. It can be just the, all these other things that aren't um, exercise. They're not sweating um they're not punishing they're just you know like I say fun relaxing mindful um and so you know if there's something you have an inkling that you like then uh then dive into that further so you know if somebody was listening to this and they liked you know they like dancing so they go to Zumba uh but Zumba becomes a bit of a slog try tap dancing I mean like try a different kind of it's it's all getting your body moving it's all doing something you know if it, it you know it could be that you like dancing but you like an, an audience so then join something that gets you that would you know I mean I think it's kind of um you you might like uh going to five side football because you like um beating someone <laughs> uh but you know it's not convenient whatever try another you know another try tennis it's just one more person I don't know I don't like I don't I, I you know I don't know necessarily how to apply it to everyone's different situation but I think you know if there's something you have an inkling you enjoy something but it becomes difficult there'll be something you know take what that is and and, and you know look into it more um you know I, I I just like being on water and open water so uh, I've got a voucher for stand, stand up paddleboarding <laughs> so you know it's kind of uh uh taking the thing that I like and, and just diving into it more I think is, is quite a good uh, a good way to approach exercise maybe and, and movement generally and you know if exercise feels restrictive really call it movement it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be anything it doesn't it doesn't have to make you sweat it doesn't have to make you uncomfortable uh you know even if it's um it feels easy that it's it's still moving your body it's still going to have a health benefit it, but that shouldn't be your only goal it should be that it feels good and then you'll find you know if there are other changes you want you know if, if you 
uh, you might, you know, for me, I like paddle swimming. I wanted to spend long in the water, so then I got better at it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's kind of, uh, you know, those aren't the goals, but then that you find goals in there that that feel natural and they're enjoyable, and and then you know, so you are improving, but you don't, you you're not necessarily trying to. I don't know. I think does that make sense? I, I think hopefully that's the, yeah, what I would aim for in exercise. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's always it's it's about exploring constant exploring and you don't have to stick to one type of exercise just because that's that's where you started and you mm. can try all different things and I think people have this idea that if it's not in a gym or it doesn't look like a particular traditional kind of exercise then it can't be classed as exercise but hoover in the house is exercise and but like if you're moving you're exercising but I think you've you've hit the nail on the head call it movement rather than exercise because taking that traditional terminology away makes people feel better about it as well and have a little dance with the kids or jump up and down on your bed or like anything that you want if it feels good to you then do it because that's really what it's all about yeah I think as well it's like taking away the rules because I think that's very very much aligned with diet culture it's all about rules and it's all about right this only matters if I do this but it all it all matters it's it's just concentrating Mm. on what feels good eventually when I did kind of go into ditching diet culture more I I did stop running like I did I had to for a while Uh, it was due to like I said other injuries I had an injury had to drop out of Paris train and things like that um, but you know, if you're if you're finding it difficult to separate these things out, then that, I mean, fair enough. They are really hard to to like, you know. I, I'm with you on that. They are really hard to separate out. Stop for a bit. There's no harm um, in stopping for a bit, and then and then coming, you know, approaching it in a different way. I, it's, you know, like I say, you don't have to do exercise to be worthy or to you know. But I just think it is a health promoting kind of behaviour. If you can and you're interested, then you know, I would hate for barriers to hold you back but I recognize there are barriers but I you know uh but you know if you can overcome them then that's that's cool too in a perfect world we all have this perfect relationship with exercise and food in our bodies and that would just be marvelous (laughs) oh thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us Martin like it's been so interesting and great to get your perspective and I think it'll definitely help other people to to feel heard and acknowledged. Um, but it's great to know that you're still really enjoying moving and and you are giving other people the opportunity with fat athletes to to move and and feel safe and secure doing it as well. So thank you so much. No, thank you. Thanks. Thanks for chatting to me. It's been uh, yeah, it's lovely to talk about all this stuff. It's it's good. Uh, good. Good for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's been great. We'll let you go, and no doubt we'll we'll have you back on to to chat some more after your next, maybe not marathon, maybe half marathon triathlon. We'll see. We'll see what's <laughs> in the future. <laughs> Thanks very much. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.